Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Don't Quote Me. I'm your host, Orla Condon, and this week I'm joined by podcaster and media professional Cassie Delaney, who has produced, edited, and distributed content for some of Ireland's leading brands and publishers. She's also worked with me on my column paper for the last number of years, and now most recently on Don't Quote Me. A lover of pop culture and the celebrity landscape, Cassie loves to throw a critical eye at the latest entertainment news, just like myself. Coming up on today's show, Kanye West targets Vogue editor, the Kardashians, Gigi Hadid, and an entire religion, all in just one week on Instagram. So-called socialite and real-life fraudster Anna Delby has been released from jail, still faces deportation, and the trailer for Love is Blind season three is here, but we're still not even sure if we like it. In other news, Cassie is telling us where we can hear the absolute best gossip on the internet, while I'm banging on about the Real Housewives again, this time for once in Salt Lake City. And finally, as Anna Delby's former pals know all too well, sometimes the friendship breakup can be for the best. And we're hearing just that from you this week as you share your worst friendship breakup stories. Let's get stuck in. Alright guys, it's another week. There have been some more exciting updates in the news cycle, one of which just brings me a lot of meh feelings. I'm going to get stuck into it with Cassie Delaney. Hello, welcome. This is, we recorded a Don't Quote Me episode that never saw the light of day, so I feel like we've done this oh before. Oh my God, we should have just released that one. <laughs> we should have just been like, God, I have it. It's yeah, done. yeah. How has your week been? I know you're flat out with work as in life. It feels like everyone is just a bit like, it's a lot right now. I think, uh, yeah, everyone is like either teetering on like burnout or just like struggling to adjust to the cost of living crisis. But um, yeah, Yeah. it's just all work. Like I've no news. If we could go back and I could like steal from last week, last weekend, because we were together, obviously, at the Stellar Awards, which is great. Stellar Awards. Yes. Yeah. On the Saturday, I got invited to go see Pillow Queens in Vicar Street, which was like transformative Sorry, every, we were talking about myself and Emma Kelly were talking about this last week everyone in the fucking country was at <laughs> Queens last weekend it was like my entire speech it was like you couldn't pardon the point you couldn't swing a cat for hitting a lesbian like <laughs> they were all there it was like the annual lesbian conference two nights in Baker Street it was absolutely brilliant um got to go backstage meet the gals and it, I had the time of my life like the life you lead Cassie 
I know. So glamorous backstage. It was so glam. So glam. If people were chatting to me last weekend, they would think that I was a real socialite. Yeah. This weekend, single dog mom of two. <laughs> single dog mom of two, catching up on my emails and was in the studio recording yesterday with Juvenalia. So life yeah, comes at less. you so fast, doesn't it? It does. It really does. I feel like, no, I, I like met a friend earlier today and we had a big conversation about like just how meh things are at the minute. Like there's just so much going and I don't know is it that we're just kind of aging into a period of our life where we just absorb more of the stuff that's going on or if Mm. it's a particularly chaotic time in the world maybe a bit of both I think it's a bit of both but I think at our age as well we're like we have been through so much much. already like (laughs) this is are we getting another recession are we like we just got we got that one when we were coming out of school that was shit we've done this rodeo before guys that was at a really important time in our lives and then we did the whole pandemic that was (sighs) fucking awful then we all aged to when we should be buying houses and we're in a fucking property crisis it's like give us a goddamn break like it's it really is. And it's like, I also just feel like I'm not old enough to be ma- making life decisions around these huge life crises. No, Sorry. and I can't I still can't take on board like the normal pragmatic things like I'm here stressing out being like, what is life? And someone could turn around to me and give me like really practical advice, like, I don't know, maybe get a pension. And I'd be like, no, it doesn't apply to me. <laughs> It doesn't work like that. doesn't work to me. It doesn't solve all problems. I am, but I am still very, very special. Something is going to turn around for me. I am a lot of winning yeah. or winner in waiting, which is like my toxic trait is believing that I am going to someday just 100%. have a large sum of cash that I do not have to worry about. I think that's like a millennial toxic trait though, right? I think that's like literally our generation. We're all like, maybe it'll all just click one day and I'll win a load of money in something. It's because it's we were like, brought up with our parents teaching us that we were special and we could do whatever we wanted. And like, I know, we have fuck not you, mom and adapted <laughs> to reality at all yet. Yeah. All. I'm like, well, there is someday something is going to just turn around like that for me and I'm going to be self-made. Grand. Yeah. Be grand. Yeah. Let's just manifest that heading into this new week. It is a Sunday as always as we record this. So for the rest of you guys, you're already one day down. Think of it that way. Um, this will also be your hour and a bit of distraction from life's woes. Um, let's talk about other people's woes. Let's. One, first up, a man of many, Kanye West. What a time it has been for Mr. West over the last six years. Um, 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 wild couple of weeks in the headlines for Kanye, right? Like it, it's been a lot. Yeah, it's just been like, oh, it, it's so hard to defend Kanye. I've never tried, but like it's <laughs> getting, it's getting harder and harder. And this week in particular. So um, he's just gone. I was going to say he's gone rogue on the internet, but he hasn't. He's, he's behaving like his usual self yeah. and he's being very hateful and misogynistic towards women on the internet. Um, so a couple of different things happened. There's four or five different stories in this one recap because it's just been it's it's kind of like where do you start with him, right? Where do you like where do you start? Chronologically, let's go that way. Well, well let's yeah, let's start with the um the White Lives Matter shirt controversy. Yeah. Right. Paris Fashion Week. Paris Fashion Week. Um he publicly mocked uh, Vogue fashion editor Gabriella Kafira Johnson, right? So Gabriella is 
an incredible, like a, an, an astounding fashion editor with years of history working in fashion. And she had some comments to make on Kanye's uh, presence at Paris Fashion Week, particularly his wearing of the White Lives Matter shirt. Now, when I first saw the White Lives Matter shirt, I was like, is he trying to say that we've all forgotten about Black Lives Matter? Or is he trying to genuinely say white lives matter or what like what is it the message was muddy yeah and dangerous yeah. like and that's what she said right she said that was the one word she used to describe it, it was dangerous she said it yeah. was violent she said it was an attack on black lives matter he also posed alongside candace owens who is a very right-wing political commentator very com- like popular on fox news and channels like that and it wasn't just him wearing the t-shirt it was like on a lot of the models who were going up and down the runway for whatever yeah. season of yeezy and this like vogue contributing editor wrote about this and how she felt it was a real attack on the black lives Matter movement and just black people in general who have been fighting to get the race issue to become a, 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 a you know headline news discussion that people take really seriously and here was this guy of huge influence coming in and kind of you know using white lives matter which is by many a racist term to diminish the value of the black lives matter movement yeah and it like it's just something that's been so um murky and offensive to so many people and for him to kind of go in and do it it's it's like exactly what you said dangerous and she called it indefensible behavior so i think there was an attempt by a lot of people to be like is this art is this something is this political is he coming at it the wrong way is he is are his intentions good yeah um but in the aftermath of then so when when gabrielle criticized the message and the the show he then unleashed a wrath of hate against her and kind of questioning whether she should be there, calling her not a fashion person and kind of really bringing in very like fat phobic comments, yeah. bringing in really misogynistic comments. But the the thing was, whenever Kanye posts anything on his social media, it's not just him. He's like giving license to his followers to go and attack that person. And the yeah. same way if you use a platform to attack one person, you're unleashing like a... a, a a slew of just yeah hate and drama upon that and it was um, super targeted like it was all pictures of gabriella it yeah. was all like zooming in on certain parts of her outfit like mocking what she was wearing like you said a lot of fat phobic comments in there it was extremely personal and just seemed to be a real you know rallying of the troops to kind of target this woman because she dared to speak out against what she felt was dangerous messages that were being spread at Kanye's fashion show at Paris Fashion Week. That's the thing about Kanye, right? He has been very political and he's been very opinionated. Whether right or wrong, his opinion has generally earned him some respect over the years. Like he's very outspoken. He's always he's always spoken his mind. And it's that kind of thing where like, I might not agree with you, but like, I respect your right to say what you're saying. Yeah. But in this instance, it was so targeted and was so hateful that like you can't defend him and he knows exactly what he's doing and he knows how dangerous unleashing his platform on someone like Gabriella can be. Um, now he since said they've met up and they apologize. And he says, you know, I speak my mind and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But uh, it's just, it's a very clear, um, it's it's very clear that he's dangerous 
Yeah, I think. And I feel and I feel like the people who there was a lot of people, like you said, making excuses, trying to find, you know, some kind of value in what he was saying and applying it to today's world and trying to understand the mentality of what he was saying and why he was saying it. And I think this was one of the final nails in the coffin where people are like, actually, I don't like this. Gigi Hadid called him out publicly on Instagram, calling him a bully. Vogue came out and made a statement about this. Um, they said Vogue stands with Gabriella Karifa Johnson, our global fashion editor at large. She was personally targeted and bullied. Bullied. It's unacceptable. Now more than ever, voices like hers are needed. And in a private meeting with Ye today, she once again spoke her truth in the way she felt best on her terms. And I think for Vogue to come out and this is this is a brand that have have aligned like, themselves with Kanye yeah. and Kim and the Kardashians a lot in recent years to kind of modernize their presence in the media landscape I think for them to come out and be like we absolutely do not stand over anything that Kanye has said to Gabriella just because he's a highly influential celebrity slash fashion designer and I think it is a real turn and the fact that this was just the first discussion of many discussions of Kanye's behavior in the last week is like I just I just can't understand like I mean these people have handlers these people have teams around them well like Kanye notoriously like it is like a man in charge of everything and like ignores all professional help and like that's why we've seen him be so um like I want to say unhinged but like it's not like it's we've erratic seen, it's, we've it's, seen him yeah. being so erratic on the internet over the years um I think that with the interesting thing about Kanye as well is that like from a distance and in silence there's so much power in silence like when a celebrity doesn't speak you assume it's because they're all knowing and they don't feel the need to engage in like discourse or gossip or any of those kind of things but with Kanye the way that he takes an argument from say this statement of white lives matter right down to this misogynistic Gabriella doesn't belong in fashion because of the way she looks thing you can he's really undoing himself and you can see that he's not intelligent and that it's not like it's not some great political artistic statement he I don't know what his reasoning was behind the White Lives Matter shirt, but when he takes it down, it's like when you're in the schoolyard and you're arguing with someone or like there's a bully and they're like, ah, well, you don't get an opinion because you're fat. Like, yeah, that's that's where he's taking this. And it's very, very clear that Kanye is not interested in engaging in debate or political discourse with anybody else. So that's why that's I think the it's thing. So and, difficult and, to defend him. Yeah. And I, like what you said there, I saw that I mean we all remember the TMZ live interview that he did however many years ago now where he spoke about you know slavery was a choice and all that kind of stuff and there was a clip from that that went viral at the time and has since kind of popped back back up on on Twitter feeds and stuff of one of the TMZ writers you know talking about Kanye using his right to free speech and his right to you know air whatever opinion he wants and his right to debate but that he has to be willing to hear the other side of that and The other side of that is the lived experience of many black people who are directly impacted by the things that Kanye is no longer affected by because he lives in this celebrity bubble. I mean, Mm -hmm. like the guy, the guy is so separated from what real life is that it's like, how can you make these comments about, you know, like 
just culture today and like the lived experience of Americans today when your lived experience is so vastly different to mm. that of everyday Americans and everyday people. Like it's, it's yeah. wild to me how he sees himself as like one of the people when his lifestyle would tell you that that's just not the case. Oh, completely, completely opposite. And I always think that like, if you're, if you're arguing and you can only see it from your own perspective, then the argument is lost. Like if you ever, it's, it's that classic, like, oh, well, you know, he was nice to me and I have no problem with him there. And he must be a nice guy. Like it's, it's that kind of narrow vision, just like tunnel vision on a topic and it just really undermines everything else that he says if he cannot, yeah. if he hasn't got the empathy or the compassion to see anyone else's perspective in a situation or understand how he can be wrong. I just don't think you're, you yeah. can't argue with someone like that. You can't have a debate yeah. or discourse with someone like that. Um, and again, then later on in the week, he kind of it's like it's almost as if he's like deflecting from his behavior because then he goes and he blasts the Kardashians about an unrelated yeah. um topic basically accusing the kardashians of kidnapping chicago on her birthday um so that so that she could remember her father not being there um so this was a really interesting kind of public um yeah it was super well documented at the time wasn't it yeah Yeah, where they were covering the birthday parties and he wasn't there and then he appeared later and all these yeah. accusations about whether Kim had informed him of where, where it was happening and all this kind of stuff. And this was super interesting because the Kardashians are like notoriously constructed, do you know? Like, I yeah. know they're like, we have umpteen Kardashian reality TV shows. You know, we had Keeping Up with the Kardashians, then we have the Kardashians on Hulu. And one thing we've learned from the last number of weeks is that when the Kardashians want to keep something private, they can't. Like, they are yeah. so powerful. Um, yeah. And they are so in control of their own narrative all the time that for this to play out so publicly this week, it just is very, very clear that they're dealing with someone who is not reasonably thinking and not yeah. um, willing to, to deal with family matters privately yeah. or, you know, in the, in the proper kind of in the proper um, systems. So yeah, he just kind of like went really public and was like, you guys kidnapped Chicago and you wouldn't let me see her, which prompted, um, Chloe, who was like super conservative, super private to go and respond to him and being like, you, this is not the narrative. Like this yeah. is not factual. And also this is not the place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we live our lives in the public eye and you complain about the fact that Kim puts the kids on TikTok and all this kind of stuff all the time. But yet you have no problem in vocalizing these really personal family issues and issues about how your kids are being parented on social media. And I think Chloe did a really good job in her comment of being like, you know, I'm really happy to continue this in person. This is not the space for this discussion about custody and what is and is not being done with his kids. And I mean, this comes weeks after he praised Kim for kind of having the kids 80% Mm. of the time and that she's a great mother and all this kind of stuff. And now he's turning that around saying, you know, she doesn't allow him to see them more than 50% of the time or less than 50% of the time. And it's, it's this kind of mixed messaging that just makes it hard for you to believe what he is saying is true because he's constantly changing his position on the relationship with Kim and with the family and how they are raising his four kids. And his, yeah, his story constantly changes. That's exactly yeah. it. And like, that's the classic kind of sign that someone is behaving erratically, like that, that, that what's true on a Tuesday is like lies on a Thursday, you know? Um, and I think because it has been so well documented 
that Kim has been the the more present parent throughout the entire kid's childhood. Even if Kim is withholding the kids, which often, like, I'm not saying that she is, but like she's probably protecting them from his behavior and trying to keep them out of the story and out of the public eye. And things must be pretty dire if Chloe is commenting on it because like that, they're, they're just like, they're so controlled that they would not want anybody knowing this kind yeah. of private family business. They're so protective of families. Yeah. And, and I think- that wouldn't have been a post that that wouldn't have been a comment that Chloe would have posted without running that through the famous family group chat. Like that would yeah. have been signed off on by Kim, by Chris for Chloe to say that that was a public statement while it's always yeah. buried in the comments. It's still a public statement. And I think like you say, for Chloe, a person who has valued her privacy so much more in recent years, given the turmoil in her relationship and with her uh, kids for her to come out and speak about this, I think really shows how desperate they are for him to just take this conversation offline. And then for him to go out, he did the Tucker Carlson interview for Fox news later in the week where he spoke about Kim again and spoke about her, you know, quote unquote, showing her ass on magazines when she's a mother of four at over 40 and all this kind of super misogynistic Mm. language. It's like, you have no problem shitting all over Kim to make a point. Whereas if there is one thing you can say about Kim Kardashian and you can like her or hate her, she has told the party line when it comes to Kanye for years. You rarely yeah. hear her speak badly about him. And I mean, even on the, the Hulu show, we saw her this week where she received texts from Kanye after her, I think it was Milan Fashion Week looks and he was just like ridiculing how she looked. And she's a, and I'm like, this this girl is putting up with a lot of shit from him. And yes, she's smartly including those clips in the Hulu show to communicate some of that abuse that she's getting from him. But generally she is not. But she's, the level like, of she's, she's showing. Yeah. She's showing like the real time interactions. She's not yeah. commenting on it. She's just like, these are the texts she's getting. That can be, that's undisputable, you know? Yeah. Like, but also that's deliberate. That is deliberate yeah, yeah, to yeah, show, totally, you know what I mean? Like, to put it in like the actual say, show. Yeah. Like, but it can be different. those moments as being like, look, we're not going to be like, look, see, but it is a look, see moment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It is- They're very, very subtle. And I think that's the thing the Kardashians have done particularly well this season is like, they could end men as a race and they should. <laughs> the treatment that they have received collectively from men yeah. in their lives, like, all of them, you know, look, the older ones, especially like Kim, Courtney and Chloe have been on the receiving end of like pretty shit behavior by men. Yeah. But they have never they are so restrained in their anger. If that yeah. was if Trish, if Tristan Thomas had been my other half and coerced yeah. me into uh, into an IVF cycle while he had somebody oh. else pregnant, like there would be houses, villages burned down. That is outrageous. No, it's outrageous. And like, and I I find it interesting that you've said that given the narrative of the Kardashians, again, especially the the older three sisters of of how they treat men in their lives and the Kardashian curse and all this kind of stuff and the damage they cause to the men in their lives. And I'm like, sorry, what damage? What damage? There's certain, like, obviously, look, like Lamar Odom and Zoe had their difficulties and he, you know, 
like turned drugs and he had his overdose on it. But it's like you're pinning that on Chloe. Like you're yeah, sorry, men men can make their own decisions it's, and they make bad ones, right? It's nothing to do famously with make famously, bad decisions, right? Like did what? Did Chloe feed him the drugs? No. Did he behave in a way like he, an adult man who's capable of making decisions, took drugs and it didn't end well? Shocking. Yeah. And she she helped him like afterwards the way that they are like they have been on the receiving end of such misogyny to the point yeah. where I think they're afraid to say anything like they are deeply afraid that episode going through Chloe's ordeal with Tristan Outrageous. and how Evan was like we're just so worried for Chloe I was screaming at the TV being like burn him alive truly like, like- it's it's honestly it's outrageous, and I think because of of like the heritage of the Kardashian family and like where their fame came from, and I think there's just such a dismissal of them constantly, even still, get, like even you know over a decade after we know how they got their start in this industry and all that kind of stuff. But it's so interesting to me just how much of a scapegoat the media and Kanye West and all these kind of people will make them. Just all I mean, like that Tucker Carlson interview was just. There's there's multiple videos of it on YouTube. You can watch, you know, synopsis of it on E! News and all that kind of stuff. So if you don't want to watch the full thing, I think the full thing was like an hour and a half long and they cut it down to like a half hour to air. But it's also really interesting to see, and I don't want to get too much into like the American, American political system, but it's also very interesting to see a channel like Fox News give that platform to someone like Kanye West and listen to how he's speaking in answering these questions from Tucker Carlson, who is famously like one of the worst guys on Fox yeah. News, I gotta say. And here, this kind of just like stream of what Kanye believes is consciousness in this interview, where he's just making no sense. And like some of it is, and some of it he hits on moments. You're like, okay, what he said there, I can get. But it's just rambling. Yeah. And how Fox News will dress it up as, you know, this is a creator at his most emotionally raw. And what we heard was an honest, if you, if you saw a clip of Joe Biden speaking the way Kanye West did in that interview, he would be absolutely obliterated on Fox News as being de- like, you know, delirious and old. And he can't remember. It's wild. The framing of Kanye West's me- message it. on Fox News. But the framing of Kanye West in general in celebrity land is that he is this tortured artist, genius man. And all his behavior is justified because he yeah. is so creative and he's a genius. When you look at the way that Kanye West talks about his family, difficulties and the separation and compare that to Alice Evans earlier this year when she was very public talking about her relationship breakdown and how people responded to her yeah. calling her crazy calling yeah. her uh, you know erratic hysterical mad crying online she became a meme like yeah. it was no one was no one was like you know there's a genius there's a creative person at their most vulnerable it was yeah. like look at this hysterical woman and then you see Kanye West do something and it's look at this absolutely incredible man who has been what yeah. like driven demented by these women yeah like it's just I'm sick I, of it I, I promised myself that this podcast would not become a we hate men every week no but and I, I actually it when, I, when you asked hard. me to do it today I was like Cassie do not do not go in there and say you hate men. Just don't. Just one time try be on the internet and say that you like them. And I do like yeah. them. Kanye, I just. <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah I swear. I mean, it's these kinds of stories, though. It's like, it's just so, like, it's so 
hard to avoid and hard to mistake the misogyny and how these stories are covered and how they are treated by both the press, but also consumers in comparison to female led stories like this. And it's like, if you ever, I don't think you ever do, but if you ever need a reminder that we have a lot of work to do, it's reading, reading the reaction to interviews like this, where he blasts his ex-wife and the mother to his four children who had two incredibly difficult pregnancies that really damaged her health and did all that and has covered for him and protected him Mm -hmm. and spoken out about him over the years. He has attacked her publicly on every platform constantly. He has threatened violence against her and her partner at the time, Pete Davison. He has done all of this shit. If uh, it wouldn't even get to this point with a woman, she would be silenced she'd have been somewhere to get the care that she needs and it's like institutionalized she'd have been institutionalized and heavily medicated and there would have been a story come out about her suffering from exhaustion and being moved to a facility like or she'd be put on fucking conservatorship like that's the thing she would have been dealt with in a way that she had no control over how much do you think this stuff from kanye affects the kardashian brand Because I would like to think that they have separated themselves enough from this. And Kim, I mean, look, it absolutely was a power relationship for her. It absolutely elevated her status. It took her from being this kind of, you know, trashy reality star who made a sex tape, who wore kind of cheapish Mm. looking clothes and all this kind of stuff to being a true fashion influencer and one of the most famous women in the world. Like he did absolutely elevate her status and totally transformed her look and her, her brand. But now you see these attacks and you wonder how much power does he have over her and the family now? And like, I feel like it's, it's, it's more of a constant annoyance than it is a danger to them. Oh yeah. I don't think their brand, I think that like, the real monarchy in this life is the Kardashians. Like I think that they are fairly untouchable because we have seen them do so. Like I I love the Kardashians as an entertainment thing. I do not think they're flawless people. I think that they're, you know, their presence, it's such a heavy presence in pop culture, maybe more damaging than it has been good. I find them entertaining, but like we have seen them make, mistake after mistake after mistake you know we've seen um and it's not necessarily a mistake but we've seen how careless they can be in 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 real life things that are desperately traumatic for other people like the climate crisis and we see them up and down in their private jets that have cashmere seats like you know no tomorrow yeah air kim or kim air whatever she calls it and gets very (laughs) excited like they don't even try and hide it yeah they're so ridiculously wealthy yeah and I do think they do a lot of good. I was actually today I was listening to Kim's new series with Spotify. I need to listen to it as well. Is it cool? It looks well produced. Like it really looks it like it's well, well positioned. Yeah, yeah, it is. And like it's very, very interesting. And I think she's done a lot of good in talking about like restorative justice and not just like um, you know, the idea of uh that 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 I think we're so obsessed with true crime, say, when it comes to like the idea of the wrongly convicted person and, you know, Adnan Saeed. And we can all get on board with that when we believe there's innocence there. But with Kim, she has done a really good job talking about like, yes, people make mistakes and they were in prison, but like they are reformed and there should be a process of restoration. And the mistakes aren't proportional to the jail time that they're getting. Exactly. She's talking to people who were, you know, caught with 
you and know, like, canvas on them and yeah, put away yeah. for like decades. The, the, Alice, the, yeah. the first woman she had um, ex- exonerated, exonerated or like, um, <laughs> what's the yeah. word? I was going to say incarcerated, but that's the other one. Exonerated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that Not was for <laughs> a non-violent drug offense and it was a first time offender and she got the yeah. same sentence as Charles Manson. Yeah. And like sometimes it does take people in power like Kim to be like, this is wrong. And then people yeah. are like, oh, yeah, that is wrong. Like you just like, stuff that you wouldn't people- engage with. This is it. And people diminish kind of, you know, hashtags and social media movements all the time. Right. And oftentimes it is just a way for people to feel good about their own lazy contribution to a movement. Right. But I Kim proved at that point with Alice, I can't think of her second name now, but that movement where she was just hammering messaging about what happened to this woman and the case and the evidence and all this. And it was this kind of public cry of like, actually, this is really fucked up. And that led to her getting kind of those meetings with Donald Trump that we saw on keeping up with the Kardashians and all this kind of stuff. And I, that brand pivot, I feel like we've pivoted to a whole new conversation with the Kardashians, but but that brand pivot that specifically she made, I just find endlessly interesting to see how she has how how many times she's morphed into a new part of her kind of career and her brand yeah. and I there's something about her that I just I have to have respect for because I just think that's the her, thing I really respect them and I yeah. really like them even though I think that they could be doing more and I think that they have made um I think that they are careless yeah and I think that they can they can sometimes set a bad example but it sounds weird to then to be defending them but I think as an observation they are very powerful women in media, uh, constantly on the receiving end of yeah. terrible misogyny and everything else. And to see them still succeed, that's what that's what I love about them. Yeah. You know, and then at other times I'm like, they just they are playing a really, really good game and they know what they're doing. They know that we are obsessed with them. For whatever reason, like yeah. a spade a spade is because they're so fucking beautiful. Like, yeah. And we will buy the things that they try and sell us. Um, and whether they're building empires on good products or whether they're building empires because they want money, I don't know. But also, if they just want money, that is also fine. Because yeah. yeah, why should they be demonized for yeah. trying to earn money like everyone else in the world? Like That's it's it. yeah, it's there's nothing I wouldn't do for cash. Nothing. Honestly, the bar if is had, so truly low. If I had anyone willing to buy it I would also make a sex tape but no one has ever we were asked. only talking about this the other night um, me and my girlfriend our friend was over and we were having a chat and we were like we were all just having a bit of a rush about work and it was like one of those days we were all like thank god it's Friday and like we just had a week and yada yada and we were like there's got to be some thread of OnlyFans where we can like sell our like worn socks or something no. and just earn a good clean bit of cash you know what I mean like we see, we talk about this the whole time, Cassie, like the side hustle. And like, look, this is a good, you know, creatively fulfilling side hustle. But sometimes you're like, there's a quicker book to be made. Absolutely. On the like if anyone out there would like a tit, I'll get it out. I'll get it out for a fiver. Like just a single, just a singular breast. This knitwear, there's, there's, there's a paradise underneath all this knitwear. Just wait till you see, guys. Just wait. Um, yeah, a girl so who like, knew how to make a quick book. What a smooth segue. Anna Delvey has been released uh, from prison. You watched Inventing Anna, right? I like. I watched Inventing Anna. Anna. I from the minute this story was released in the cut, I was in. Oh. I was like, I love a female con artist. I'm just obsessed with the yeah. idea that like 
Especially Anna Delvey because or Anna Sorkin, it had all of the elements, didn't it? It had just because you kind of rooted for her as well. That was the thing. You kind of were like, "Oh, you got it over on the guys that we don't like, like the bankers and the really uber wealthy." That's and I'm like, it. "Like if like she's a female Robin Hood. Like can we yeah. really hate someone who goes in and robs from the rich? Like I think she was like." A harmless crook And the thing is yeah. I think given a little bit more time She would have pulled it all off Like she would have opened her art You know yeah. her her art centre Whatever it was her movement And I think she would have just been like Another very successful startup person yeah. In New York City um, And obviously the story like It was well known before when this When she first kind of was arrested And all that kind of stuff But it, it gained a new level of attention last year when the Inventing Anna series Or this year When the Inventing yeah. Anna series Dropped on Netflix If you haven't seen it It's good It's it's grand It's there's Read a lot the of article like, yeah, Read the article, the article Really do And there's podcasts That are just as good Because there's parts of the story In the Netflix series That aren't real And they kind of Slightly fictionalise Some characters And all this kind of stuff So it's a little bit weird You kind of have to Take parts of it With a grain of salt um, But it does give you A good understanding About her crimes And her style Of kind of Manipulation um, She is a German No her name is Anna Delby She pretended to be This girl Anna Sorokin Who was meant to be A wealthy German heiress And she lived in New York And she was found to have scammed kind of countless wealthy socialites and swindled a lot of prominent banks and hotels during her time there by using kind of invalid credit cards or fake bank statements to create this kind of illusion of massive wealth. Um, and she created this idea of the Anna Delby Foundation, which was a private club and art foundation, which in the series we see her trying to raise money for and get security for. Um, and she used this to entice kind of wealthy donors and to continue to live this kind of luxurious life and further the brand that she'd been building. It's estimated that she only stole around $275,000 Which is a lot right But in comparison to the series You think that she was like Like taking millions from these guys $275,000 I was a little bit underwhelmed by When I saw Seed that funding. I was like, oh, Seed funding It's just Petty project. cash Do you know what I mean um, In April 2019 She was found guilty of eight charges Including attempted grand larceny In the first degree Grand larceny in the second degree Grand larceny in the third degree And theft of services do I know what all those degrees are? Absolutely not. But she was sentenced to four to 12 years in state prison and fined $24,000 and ordered to pay a restitution of about $199,000. She was released last year early from prison. And this was big news at the time. Mm. She got out and she immediately returned to Instagram and was talking about the fact that she was, you know, out free and living easy again. And a month later, she was taken back into custody by US Immigration and Customs Enforcement for overstaying her visa, which mm. is like, this girl got away with so much shit. And you're telling me she got nabbed on the fact that she was overstaying her welcome in the US. Uh, yeah, but wild. I think that's why they let her out. They knew it was, you know, they were letting her out and they knew she was going to be picked up and dealt with elsewhere. Dealt with elsewhere. Oh, that sounds dodgy. Mm. Um, she has since, in the last couple of weeks, been granted... Uh, bond for $10,000 by the US immigration judge And she has been selling artwork online For the last little while While she's been in custody And she's used the money from that To fund her bond Which means that she can now Live in New York She is under house arrest She can't leave the house And all of her visitation Has to be scheduled and approved um, But she's out She's renting an apartment For I think it says $5,000 a month in rent And she has paid three months Of a six month lease up front She's hoping to stay there But she is under 24 hour confinement um, And she will not allow Be leave the apartment And yeah Visitors have to be approved A wild 
a wild turn of events. Yeah. Where is next for her? She's awaiting sentencing, right? Still, like she's being held in custody. That's what they yeah. say. Yeah, well, she's she's she'll be either she has to get um she has to leave the country to get a new visa, but she won't be allowed to work. She won't be allowed back into the States, presumably, because she's has a criminal record. Has a criminal record, yeah. So where next for her? I do not know. I do not know why they didn't just deport her. Yeah. Oh, it's kind of confusing. <laughs> we have to wait for season two to understand the do world. Do you think they're going like, to do a season two? They kind of should. Like, there's loads more in the time that they finished. Because they finished when she was arrested. And then there was kind of this um, conversation with the journalist. The story is kind of focused around this journalist writing this story about Anna Delvey, who is loosely based on the, the journalist that wrote the story it, for The Caught. The series was so weird in that it was half yeah. fictionalized and half fact. Yeah. So, like, um, there's a lawsuit pending as well because of her friend, how her friend Rachel was depicted in this series. Yes. Basically, her friend was like, you protected the identities of so many other people. And yet yeah. here I am now. I cannot work. Exposed. Like this was yeah. really bad for me. And you didn't have my permission or my involvement in telling the story this way. So like, obviously she's being sued. Yeah. Like why? But they- in the context, only a couple of years before that same girl released a book to monetize my off friend. the story. Now we, we but discussed this in our episode that do. never made it to air. That we had, she had to do because she had no form of income. She had to pay off all of these debts that her so-called friend Anna left her with. So yeah. it's kind of like again, it's like this idea that like you're telling me if there's a buck to be made, you're not going to try and make it. Like she was backed into a corner, and while 100%. you might like her or like what she did or think she was a fool to fall for all this stuff and was happy to go along with this, you know, with her friend to live the lavish lifestyle that she did. She still is now just trying to get herself back on her feet and make a living in the only way that is now left open to her. With her, with the skill set that she has as well. Yeah. Like she was, she's kind of working in media anyway. She took a book deal. She wrote her experience and she earned money from it. Yeah. And like fair fucks to her because she's not like we did discuss this at length before. She's one person who's been so badly impacted. She's not going to be able to go and get another media job. What yeah. they showed in the series was how she used a company credit card and amassed all these charges and then was left with this big giant bill that she couldn't pay, which obviously no employer is going to turn around and be like, all yeah. right, Rachel, come on. Yeah. Six months probation. Here you go. And it's um, not as if like companies have to dig very hard to find that dirt on her. It's literally the, probably the first but thing. They kept her, you know what I mean? Like and they kept her name. Like yeah. that's the thing. Like they, And even physically it looks like her and like they, they made little to no effort to distance this character from her at all and she's such an unlikable character in the show like yeah, she's, she's so really bratty it's she so just bad. wants to live the life of the rich and famous and doesn't really give a fuck about what way she has to do it to get there like she's not likable and I know and that's the thing like Anna in, is obviously like the main character in the show and the story and like her motive is clearly amassing wealth and money and wanting to live this lavish lifestyle and it's not like she's amassing wealth to do good things with it she's amassing wealth yeah. because she wants to buy nice things and then you see Rachel who was like kind of it's alluded that she's kind of scamming Anna because she is just riding on her coattails and wants to be around this rich person is taking in nice goods as well. And yet we hate her for it. Yeah. But it's just I mean, you could see yeah. the lawsuit coming as you watch the episodes. And we said this before, really? like this is surely something Netflix have prepared for. Like this is like it was so transparent watching it that you if you were Rachel or if you were anyone linked to her, you'd be like, this is absolutely like 
like a targeted attack at you and like you're the only person who cannot escape this story you're painted so poorly yeah There's and I no... think there was a real because now I said we Neff was involved in the production and I think it yes. was very clear from the who story was Neff now again she was the Neff was the friend who worked in the hotel worked in the hotel yes. yeah and she really didn't like Rachel and she, she was a like filmmaker the... in in yeah, real life in she? real life yeah. um and then got her got her big break of making the show um so just trying to earn a book guys that's what we're learning today out here trying to earn a quick book and it's fine um again titties for sale sale. (laughs) um so yeah i don't think there's this is all to say i don't think there'll be a season two of of inventing Anna because there's a pending lawsuit and like they're hardly going to get funded for the production if there's a lawsuit pending yeah um but where is next for anna i don't know like like anna to me is in the same bracket of people like Adam Newman and like they're just these mad creative inventive people that seem to be well connected and be able to convince people that what they're doing is good and legit and I'd say like you know if she's setting her art online or her art classes or whatever else she's making enough money on that to pay a 10 grand bond and rent a fifth you know an apartment of five grand a month I'd say she's doing pretty well I'd say yeah. she's just going to scale that little art class up online and she's this is it to... though like she clearly and like that's the thing about the series and and again the article which we'll link in the description for anyone who wants to read it read that it's so much better than the series and it's obviously so much more based in fact that's um, it it's just it's it's it's, it's the happens. article is real which is interesting enough without adding what the Netflix series added also um, the Netflix st- series is about the writing of the article not yeah not an origin story of Anna Delvey but yet the the writer is not the real writer writer. the writer in real life was the same writer who wrote the story of Hustlers the Jennifer Lopez film she was the same writer who wrote that um, and like she wasn't in the series Jessica Pressler is it is the real writer yeah yeah. she's phenomenal yeah it's so good so read that but it um, I don't know what I was gonna say but anyway yeah it's really it's really just interesting to see how she manipulated people and how almost easy it was to con these people. But I'm like, she's going to be able to figure out a way to like hustle herself some new cash. Like that's totally above board, but she clearly has a skill set to find money where like wherever she needs it. So like, I wouldn't be worried about her. No, (laughs) she's very resourceful. I want to know, like, I want to be friends with her. I want to take learn from her personal banking classes with Anna Sorkin or Anna Delvey or whatever. And I still to this day, I just don't believe what she did was wrong. Like, I just don't like she didn't pay her hotel bills and she got money from a bank fraudulently. Who hasn't? This, I mean, look, who who hasn't taken out an AIB loan for a car and done their J1? Like, who hasn't? We have to feel sorry for the bank. Like, come on. Not going to happen. The bank's fucked up for long enough. Yeah. (laughs) We're so Irish, the bank. The bank's fucked (laughs) up. I would love a second series just to get the updates on this. Or I would just love a follow-up article written in the same style, giving us the updates. There's loads of other stuff on there, but there's just something really interesting about these women who have just hustled the system. And I don't know, is it the man-hater in me that makes me just go, I go on. Yeah, good woman. (laughs) It's like it's retribution. It's fucking retribution. Give them the money. I think women should be able to just queue up and get 10 grand. Like, come on. It's owed to us now at this We've stage. been through enough. Yeah. Um, speaking of been through enough, um, Love is Blind. 
This is another, it's on its way back. We got the trailer last week. There's a lot of excitement about season three. This is another one, and I adore my reality TV. This is another one of these series from Netflix that I just don't know if I love it. Like Selling Sunset, Mm. I'm like, oh, I just don't get it. Interesting point, yeah. I don't want to handle. I'm like, oh, mm. I don't get it. Love is blind. There are parts of it I find really entertaining, but I feel how it is structured is just endlessly painful. Just so American, but yet trying to be kind of shocking, like, you know, Love Island style kind of shocks, mm. but yet they want to be the bachelorette and the bachelor and all that kind of stuff. And it's like this weird mismatched themes I just I can't I don't know I watch it again because I just I'm endlessly curious about these fucking weirdos who go on these shows yeah but no I will I'll not... be back into it I'd love if and it'll never happen with love is blind because my like my thinking with love of love is blind is that it's very heteronormative kind of deep south yeah Netflix TV like it's very conservative America like it's wild yeah. that they're getting married um I did watch, I think, yeah, the structure of Love is Blind. I always get it confused with Married at First Sight because they're so similar with they so like similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they meet and then they live together and then they interact with the other couples. And there's usually a bit of um the only difference swapping. is that they have that little foreplay in the pods where they're all like and Nick Lachey is there being like, find your perfect match. And you're like, what the fuck and is then going they, on? And then they bring up these like weird anecdotal kind of problematic stories from their old marriages where she's like. Oh, that's when they went into the ultimatum. Where oh, she's like, yeah, I gave yeah. Nick an ultimatum. It's like, that's not healthy. Oh. Um, but uh, Love is Blind season three. Do we need it? <laughs> Absolutely not. Will and I watch so, it? Like the yeah. fact that we're only on season three. It's such a drawn out series between the actual main series, then the like reunion, yeah. then the after the altar. It's like, fucking hell I don't care about these people anymore I just don't care about them anymore like give us a more concise well-structured series you and know I just... yeah give us the experts that's the thing it's like yeah. um or gamify it like the two t- two dating shows I think work really really well are married at first sight because you've got these experts who are like just tv presenters who are like yeah we have great. paired you together with science and yeah, you're like yeah, yeah. oh yeah great this Into is a it. meeting of minds and hopefully a meeting of hearts and you're like Okay, yeah. let's go. On paper, it. you guys are perfect for each other. And I love that idea that in the room of like 24 people, there's someone you've defined who yeah. is your thing. Well, married at first sight, you're paired with them. But say, are you the one? Like that yes. is gripping that because they are like, they have to try and figure it out themselves and they fuck it up with their emotions oh, and their little and their little so genitals good. all the time because they're just like going for who they're horniest for. Um, Love is blind, I think some ki- kind of has that because you have all that flirtation at the start. So you go into the couples and the interaction with the couples with tension because there's all like, there's yeah. generally multiple couples who will like, will have had a spark with one or two people. And then they introduce the visuals and it's like, Oh, how much is, how important is like a connection? Yeah. You can see each other and like, can they make it work? Like it is drama filled. There was yeah. partner swapping or like, and their partner swapping last time there was kind and of they're like nudging a, at it against this time there's like yeah. a part in the trailer where they're like let's swap fiancés and it's like you can tell the producers are like watching things like Married at First Sight being like where are the big stories coming from okay it's this kind of drama but it, I don't know if I don't think it's American reality TV as a whole right because Are You The One American Concept brilliant series The Bachelor different type of theme but like brilliant series done really well 
And then you've got like all the housewife stuff, which I'll be talking about in a second. But like, so it's not like just American reality TV. I think it's Netflix reality TV. Yeah, because it's sanitized. It doesn't click with me. It just doesn't click with me. And it's like all of this fucking, and even like the trailer for, I saw the trailer for the agency dropped, or it's not called the agency, what's called Buying Beverly Hills. It's based on um, the agency, which is Mauricio Mm. Umansky of Kyle Richards' husband from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It's his real estate empire. And it's about, so it's selling Sunset, but Mauricio's company. And even that, with a family that I'm already so invested in, with a story that I already really want to see, I watched the Netflix trailer and I was like, fuck, I think you guys are going to miss it with me because of whatever Netflix production value they put on reality TV. I just, it doesn't click with me. Yeah, it's hard to put a finger on what it is. It's the same, same applies with Prime. Their Heartbreak High or whatever it was called or like Love Struck High. Love Struck, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just didn't, it just doesn't, it should work. But it just mm. doesn't. And like the, the concept is, is totally there. Yeah. And a streamer is the place where it should work because you're yeah. not at the bequest of advertisers. So you should be able to go wild and do whatever you want. With Netflix, everything is just a little bit sanitized. Like it's yeah. a little bit soft and they it's it's really soft and safe when they should yeah. be taking huge risks. Because I, Yeah, I don't understand it because you, yeah. do, you don't have that kind of watershed timeline to worry about or advertisers like you said or you know this idea that anyone could switch it on stream you know you have that flexibility with the streamer that you don't you really don't have to watch it if you don't want to because you physically Mm. have to go in and find it so I just yeah I really don't know what it is but it's it's these Netflix reality series just don't hit the mark I think it goes far as say it's it's Netflix programming in general at the moment like yeah I could talk for years about like, this is my mastermind special topic is like content streamers and like how they, how they commission content and how like in the early days of Netflix, they took these big, bold risks with things like house of cards and stranger things and orange is the new black. And they gave a home to these incredible shows that would not have existed on mainstream networks because they couldn't get the budget they couldn't appeal to advertisers they were a little bit left or center or weird or they were female focused or like queer ensemble casts and like there's a stuff that made Netflix a household name like that's why we all gave up our cash and and started subscribing to them and now we're just getting these like ridiculous hallmark films or like really like you know, like and even the Inventing Anna series, but like even yeah, even that, like it was so soft, like yeah. just so yeah. like it's I yeah, it's very much rinsed down. Like and like that's such a good point about like Orange is the New Black and all that kind. Of, and I always think of Sense Eight. I don't know if you watched that. Um, oh yeah, yeah, so good. And it, it was such a good series. Or the OA, like the OA, yeah. all these like really like interesting shows that you just wouldn't have seen, like you said, on on mainstream kind of networks that had a place on Netflix and now, and there's definitely a place for the Hallmark movies because God, I fucking eat that shit up every Christmas. Mm. But it's like, you're not getting that balance of these really interesting series anymore. Mm. Like you get it in the spaces, like with the the Dahmer series, the Jeffrey Dahmer series that just came out, they leaned into it there. But then with the Inventing Anna, it was just such a like boring ride for such an interesting story. Yeah. And I just don't. And they still got sued. So like, what? Like, why? What's the point? Now? Like, why are they like not afraid to go big or like go big or go yeah. home? Go and, absolutely big. Yeah. With Love Is Blind. Yeah, like that. I don't know whether maybe it's like where they're getting the cast from yeah. as well. Is that like the cast themselves seem like people who are really eager to get married in their early twenties, 
And I'm reading that as like deep South Christians from America who I just don't care about. Yeah. Like who are never going to give me the, yeah. the like the riding the drama. drams of the bisexual series of Are You the One? Like it's not going to happen. It's just yeah, not going to happen. Like just give me an orgy or get out. Like that's yeah. you know that's that's what I want for my reality TV. <laughs> even but even the like you know you're not going to get the explosive dinner parties that you get with Married at First Sight yeah. on something like yeah. you know Love Is Blind. I was like, what's it called? <laughs> Love is and she was like, what the fuck is it called? I mean, I'll still watch it because I just, I have such FOMO over these conversations, especially around reality TV, but it's just not one that excites me. It just doesn't get me buzzed as much as something like Married yeah. at First Sight, which just really hits the mark for me. Yeah, but I read a really interesting comparison once about um, even Love Island UK versus Love Island US and that how like they were like issuing pre- screening of Love Island US they were prepared to like issue apologies to advertisers and they were like look this is going to be explosive but it's going to be so good for us and then it was actually really banal and it was because the, the contestants had too much respect for each other which is a great thing it's really positive I know we call for this all the time on my yeah. paper but that's the result <laughs> but that's the result was that it was a really boring series because they were able to communicate effectively with each other and sorry they, what they had boundaries and respect and like <laughs> You know, it was just like really, really fucking boring. And it just didn't work. It just didn't work. So um, maybe see, like Love is Blind is kind of like that. Yeah. Because like, when they commit in Love is Blind as well, bar. Yeah. No, it, it is. It, Love is Blind. There was like the suggestion of flirting between Shayna and Shane last yeah. last oh, time. I can't, like, I can't bring those people back into my mind. I just... The most looks boring, the, the most boring reality TV stars ever that made headline news. And everyone was like, I can't believe what Shane said. I don't give a fuck what Shane said to who. I just don't have the buy-in. I just don't. Yeah. It just doesn't hit. And especially at the minute when I'm watching, when there's so many good Real Housewives series coming back and there's so much Married at First Sight coming our way. Like, it's such a good time for it. We've Bake Off. If you want something a little bit lighter. Yeah. If you want so that much. respect, go to Bake Off. Yeah. I don't want that in my fucking love is blind. I want, like, I want drama. drama. I, I want, want high drama. drama. Or else give me a gay, give me gay people yeah. on love is blind. And that is fine. But like yeah. to see boring straight people. No, thank you. Cerebo. Yeah, just it's too, it's too either be the bachelor or be the other thing. Don't try and be both because it's too soft and it just doesn't work. Like The Bachelor works yeah. because it really leans in to that super like hallmark romance type vibe. And it works yeah. for that reason. It just works. So either do that or don't do that. Don't sit on the fence. It's too much. mentioned it there it is uh briefly it is one of my loves of the week it is a great time for real housewives fans which i obviously am i know you are too cassie do you watch salt lake city i i am actually uh i'm like housewives adjacent so my partner lydia is like a housewives expert oh i thought you were in as well no i've never watched i've never watched an episode of housewives in my life oh my god i just feel totally this far People keep saying it to me and I think I've like passed, I've passed for years as like a pop culture commentator and like someone who has existed in the realm of Housewives, but I've never actually watched it. And it is so overwhelming. There's too much, there's too much for me to even start. Yeah. I think if COVID didn't happen, I would have never done it. And Mm. I think COVID happened and I was like, okay, I have all of this time to fill in my life. What am I going to fill it with? These women living all across the United States. Salt Lake City is one of the newer 
franchises. It's on its third season and its third season just returned in the last couple of weeks. And I'm obsessed. I missed the first episode when we were in Dublin for the Seller Awards. So I was catching up during the week and I had two episodes back to back and oh, it's so good. And there's a really good legal drama playing out on this series of Salt Lake City as well uh, with one of the main housewives, Jen Shaw, who was lead generating was what she said her job was so like gathering people oh yeah 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 and like selling that to marketers whatever but she was like scamming all of these like old people and like you know vulnerable people who didn't really know what they were getting themselves signed up for she was making all this money off of them and for the last all through season two we saw this play out and into season three and up until about a month ago she was pleading her innocence she was telling everybody like I'm innocent I'm gonna fight this and she's a very aggressive character in that she's like not afraid to throw slaps or throw glasses and all that kind of stuff, right? She's very dramatic. So it was like, she was really aggressive in her plea that she was innocent and Mm. she defiantly stood up against anyone who dared say that she was guilty of what they accused her of. And about two months ago, she changed her official legal plea to guilty. So she will be going to jail. She's going to be sentenced. I think, I think the date was just moved to December. So this series of Salt Lake City will take place over kind of, the last few months of her pleading innocent through her her guilty plea and kind of a little bit after that. So it's a really exciting series. And for such a new franchise, it packs such a punch. And I people ask me all the time, like where to start with Housewives because of what we just said. It's so fucking huge. And while Beverly Hills and New York and stuff are like the OGs, like Atlanta and OC and all these are like the OGs, they have like over 10 series and it can be really daunting to dive in. Salt Lake City has just started its third series and the first two just really deliver. They feel very different to other housewife cities. I will say that, that like it is a very different feeling show. They're in Utah. It's very cold and icy. It's not the same kind of glamour that you get from other, other franchises, but it is so good and I'm so glad it's back it's just such a strong spin-off of, of the housewives okay I think I might I might I might take a deep it's dive less daunting yeah I do like I want to get into it it's just I know. so much mm. there um what have you been loving this week my love of the week is um have you heard of the podcast normal gossip no okay it feels terrible to be on a podcast recommending another podcast but this <laughs> th- it's not pop culture so okay great totally fine. Stunning. normal gossip is a podcast from Deco- decoder media which is like an independent um co oh, space and it is presented by a woman called kelsey mckinney okay the premise of normal gossip is that a friend of a friend so a friend of the podcast or someone anybody can send in a piece of gossip normal everyday gossip you don't know about these people but like a long kind of a good long deep dive story Kelsey McKinley brings on a guest tells them the gossip it's kind of like a choose your own adventure so she anonymizes it as anonymizes everything okay and episodes about an hour long she goes through the story of what has happened whether it be like a friend group who are on holidays together or um like there's this great episode with a, a woman meeting her boyfriend's family the boyfriend's family think that he's stealing from them who it turns out to be is absolutely wild just like incredible stories I love this, this. week in particular there is this m- amazing story of a queer woman's kickball league how 
the players on the team interact with each other, the head coach and like the lead player are in a relationship. It's suspected that there's like a threesome or some sort of like shared relationship thing going on. Uh, The perspective that the story is being told from, there's a woman who's in love with one of the people involved. It is just gripping. I love that. But it's so funny. So like the guest this week is Matt Bellisile from Matt Bellisile from BuzzFeed. He used to do wine about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's really, really funny. Uh, And like at different points, Kelsey brings the guest in and she's like, what would you do here? Like, what are you choosing to do? Give me the logic behind your reasoning here. But what do you think our character is going to do? What do you think? I love that because I love that. Like, am I the asshole stuff on TikTok and all that kind of stuff? I love it. And I'm so endlessly nosy as well that like, yeah, that would so be my kind of. It's such a good like for anybody who's working from home and missing like big office office goss or like who's kissing who or, you know, who went home with who or come here and I tell you this story. It is. Oh, chef's kiss. It is just brilliant. Oh, absolutely. Such a strong concept. And uh, there's like, we're on season, we're halfway through season three at the moment. So you've got like a good load to get up. You can pick, you can, you can read through the descriptions and pick any one because they're not connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can choose by story, but like, just let them roll into each each other. They are. And it's probably only getting better as well, because as the show builds up, listenership you're getting kind of a wider spread of stories and it's probably getting better and yeah but like I've been driving a lot for work and I'd be driving and I'd be like what are these people doing or like <laughs> gasping aloud being like I did not see that one coming like by the end of each episode you will be so thoroughly invested in the lives of people you will never know about because oh you cannot find them she does a really good job of like of keeping everyone's identity secret but it is, it's just great for the goss. Wow. Oh, that is so a bit of me. I'm so nosy about people. Like I have to, I love that kind of shit. I'm so nosy. Um, I am also like a very basic, I've seen a lot of discussions about like um, embracing your inner basic on, mm. online. And there's definitely a huge part of me that's incredibly basic. And one thing that makes me incredibly basic is like autumnal vibes. And when the autumn hits and I have been loving the drop of the drop of the temperature in the last couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. The getting out my winter jumpers, the like just generally being able to wear all of my clothes and go out for coffees and all this kind of stuff. And just generally this time of year makes me happy before we get to the really shit part of year. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. Like I had my first pumpkin spice latte ever the other day. I have never had them. I feel like they're not you know for what? me. It's really not what I anticipated. <laughs> like it's disgusting. It's Did disgusting. you just totally go in to be like, I need to know what it's about. Oh, like I saw a sign and was like, that's a bit of me now. I'm going to have one. <laughs> Marketer's dream. Yeah. I was like, my hair is red now. I am autumn as a person. I was like entering my practical magic era. Give me a pumpkin spice latte. Don't know what I was expecting. It's like just a lot of nutmeg. Did, Did you see the enjoy. video on Twitter? Uh, was it, who was it? Peter, Peter McGorn. Is that how you say his name? The comedian. And he's like, not me entering my pumpkin spice latte era. He's like, it's autumn, bitch. It's the funniest thing ever. I'll put it in the description. It's so, because it's pure me as well. It's just like, I see a singular leaf on the ground and I'm like, it's here. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Such a good time here. Give me the I boots and the pumpkin spice. Yeah. Oh, and all the people complaining that they missed the sun. I'm like, oh, get away. Like, go for a holiday. We had it for two weeks. Like, oh. come on. 
It's gone. I was living here in, in like 40 degree heat over the summer. Are you fucking joking? I don't miss that bitch at all. Get her yeah. out of here. Goodbye, Mr. Sun. have a few listener stories um to listen to this week obviously Anna Delby we discussed earlier she lost a lot of friends and they made a lot of money out of her as she did out of them and it got me thinking about like friendship breakups and like things that have made you like just like not be friends with people anymore because I feel like it can be a really sad topic but there's also people that you're like bye bitch like out of my life I don't want to be I mean, good luck. Like we're grand, we're grand without each other. You probably miss me just about as much as I miss you. So I posed the question to our listeners about friendship breakups. What went down? Uh, Someone said that they used to call it frumping, friends jumping. There was a lot of people who messaged saying that they had fallen out over things like money and different Mm. things like that, that, you know, kind of stuff like that, which I feel like we've probably all had an odd experience here and there. But there was two in particular that really stood out to me. The first one hit on a, on a, thing with me about like these obligation friendships that we keep from school and college and work and stuff that you're like am I only friends with these people because we were always friends or like am I actually friends with these people yeah so this person said there were seven of us in our college gang and every time we'd meet up a few one in particular would be like we're the bestest friends ever and we're just such good friends but realistically we were all friends but some of us were closer with some than others and like so there was natural kind of divisions Anyway, roll on wedding season. And I didn't get an invite to one wedding. (gasps) They said we were caught on numbers, even though there was over 200 at the wedding. And we were, quote, never that close. (gasps) This person said, she's not lying. We weren't compared to the others in the gang. I wasn't so much annoyed not getting the invite. She had made out that other friends kept it. She had made our other friends keep it a secret. And I had no invite for months. I found out by accident. So that was the part that upset her, that she was like telling them all to keep it a secret and that they were all kind of doing the stuff behind her back. She goes, I figured if I wasn't in her top 200, that it was clear we were no longer friends at all. I left the WhatsApp group. It was freeing. She tried to repair the friendship and I haven't looked back. It's not a loss that affects my life in any way until mutual friends wedding next year where we're going to have to see each other. (laughs) Oh my God. Like this, I just think this is such an interesting idea like there's so many people I feel like of groups that we were all part of before that you're like we're not that yeah, close but you just like, naturally don't give me my drift life but you just naturally drift yeah and you just you miss a birthday party you don't go to something like, you don't get invited the next year and then you I never just have think to that's life again, so fine yeah yeah I just think it's life and I just think there's some people who then try and force it to stay that way but it's like it's fine let us drift don't try and create this narrative that you're one of my closest friends but I don't want to invite you to my wedding because I don't have any space with the 200 other guests I've invited yeah no that's like, it's cutting just... that's absolutely cutting like like I yeah go on go on give us no. another one now absolutely so, gagging for these this is this is like a level of life organization that I just don't think I ever want to reach. Um, my best friend and I broke up because she flirted with my boyfriend and cut me out of the friend group. A few months later, um, she sent me a Google form in a group chat with two other random girls she hurt years prior and said, hey guys, please provide me with feedback. <gasps> I will now provide questions from the form. It said, why do you hate X? What is your least favorite thing about X? 
what is your favorite thing about X? All the girl that sent the email saying me, like, what's your least favorite thing about me? Uh, she goes, do you wish you were still friends with X? Those were all kind of free responses. You could put in whatever you wanted. Yes or no. Then there was multiple choice options <gasps> oh, where on. it was like, do you think X is pretty? Do you think X's Instagram is cool? What do you think when you see X's Instagram posts? And then it's like someone is taking the were, personal brand too far. Outrageous. Some of the options were, wow, she's so cool. What a fugly bitch or no preference. Did this quiz make you hate X anymore? And then the options were, yes, no, nothing could make me hate her anymore. (laughs) So yeah, long story short, she's a narcissist and the breakup was pretty fun. (laughs) Oh my God. If she wasn't a narcissist though, like if that was just it, like in jest. Can you imagine? Great great way to re-engage. That's just customer relationship management. Like that is just brilliant will you complete a survey after completing our friendship like what the fuck an exit survey building out the survey imagine oh my god that I is... literally left offices without doing exit interviews this bitch is like let me just collate all of my friends into a group chat if she wanted to feedback. actually learn and develop very very um admirable exercise but Do like th- i don't or shit, no she didn't but shit and giggles <laughs> for us like that is a great that is a great use of Google Docs. I mean, look, I don't think it's how they first saw it going, but like, I like, I mean, fair play to her. I don't know this woman, but well done. Yeah. Like, do you, you have any I mean? salacious ones that you could share publicly? Of mine? Yeah. No, I just feel like I, I, I keep my network pretty small, but like, mm. I, I just don't, I don't maintain I don't know. I just think this. I'm a natural like, drifter. Like, yeah, if, I am. You know. I really, and I'm not great. I'm very bad. I always say this to my friends. I am that person that everyone hates on WhatsApp where I either don't open your message for like weeks or I open it and forget to respond. It's weeks later. And I'm like, oh yeah, how was that thing that happened that day you messaged me? And it's, so I'm the worst. I'm the worst, but I would like to yeah, think that when I'm with thing. someone, I am super like present. And I love to get all the details. So naturally, Partly because of my own fucking inactivity and WhatsApps and stuff have just drifted from people over the years. But there's never been someone that I'm like, I not maybe I've blacked them out. But there's never been someone that I'm like, I need to get this person. Yeah. Have you ever sat down and done a friend break? Like I could never. I could never. I'm just like, please continue to hurt me and abuse me. And um, I will keep going back to you. I've been third party to that kind of like there was I used to go out with like this like. I was in a little trio and it was like, a, it wasn't my main group, but it was like a separate. Yeah. And the other two had a bit of a, had a bit of a breakup and I was getting texts being like, what's going on? And I was like, I want to stay neutral. But then we all just kind of went our separate Trifted. ways. But it's like, it's kind of life. And like, I just think as long as you're not doing like Anna Delvey level shit, then like, maybe it's just for the best. Yeah. I think if you've to, if you've to put like loads and loads of like effort into a friendship, it's probably not. Yeah, I don't know. It's not the one. Not worth it. I don't know. Like, expect except when friends live abroad, obviously, because that's like difficult yeah. because your shared experiences are gone and they yeah. take effort. But like, just let them drift. If they're, I kind of wish I had joy, a, really, a really dramatic story like one of those. My friend has a really good. I say friend. I haven't spoken to her in years. Um, <laughs> we broke up. <laughs> difficult. Um, but she used to have a really good method of like weeding out friends that if she got a notification that it was someone's birthday on Facebook and if she didn't feel compelled to wish them a happy birthday, she would like remove them as friend. I was like, that's cutting. You're removing on their birthday on their birthday. But she's like, they're not going to notice. 
because that's true. You don't speak. unless they're one of those people who have those apps where it's like you've been unfollowed by. Unfollowed and if you're that your person, birthday. get rid of those apps. Stop using those apps. Yeah. Yeah, go. Um, and I also think if you, if like when it comes, like we say this, like an expert, like if if it comes to inviting someone to your wedding, if you wouldn't meet them one-on-one for a coffee, you shouldn't yeah. invite them. I know. Did you ever get like, did you ever go to a wedding and you're like, there's so many, there's no way that all of us are the same level of close. No. You know what I mean? And like, I have no, been like, to weddings where like the last time I've ever seen the person has been their wedding. Like yeah. that there, there were people who just like maintained groups of friends so they could have that big day. And it's not for me. It's not for eight it's years not. now. I'm still waiting for updates on the <laughs> honeymoon. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, like yeah, that went down. Yeah. I find it. I find obligation friendships from like college and stuff like really bizarre. Cause it's just yeah. like, you don't get anything out. You know, there's some people you're like, oh, that's, I've met them now. I don't have to see them now for another few months. It's like, then you don't want to see them. That's it. Just don't meet them. It's yeah. fine. Don't meet them. Yeah. What an uplifting note to leave this week. <laughs> so yeah. Just stick to yourself. Yeah. Ignore everyone else. Yeah. Men are Live trash. In isolation. Men are trash. Safer in isolation, girls. That's what I'll say. And get Cassie a pumpkin Delaney. spice latte. Get, we bought a pumpkin today. So oh, I'm I have those mine vibes. here. I have Dude, mine here. We're yeah. so basic. I'm so fine with it. I'm so fine with it. Not, us, not me dyeing my hair red for the autumn. Like doesn't come more basic you're like it's it's happened and I don't feel any shame about it yeah like, going and be like um, give me a uh, Nicole Kidman in Practical Magic <laughs> <laughs> I love that this is now a trend like everyone on TikTok is like this is the vibe but I'm like I'm loving this I'm loving yeah. that everyone is coming over to the copper hair vibe oh we it's should also acknowledge I put it on our Instagram for anyone who's stayed this long being like where the fuck is the maths person that you tease on your Instagram they are coming just not this week I should probably <laughs> I, I should probably text I was like maybe delete that because I am here to be a disappointment to people <laughs> Cassie was not on maths just in case no. anyone was curious <laughs> she wasn't on maths there is someone who was on maths I'm going to give you another hint it was Australia they are going to be on in the next I think next week's episode um, but yeah they're not here obviously so Sorry. Um <laughs> things I'm happen. sorry too. It's just yeah, no. Me. Life comes at you quick. Um and Cassie, I'm so glad you were here to discuss some kind of mad, it was a mad news cycle week. Mm. There was no like fun. Although Anna Delvey's kind of fun. Oh, I hate to, I sh- we shouldn't, but I she's kind of fun, right? She is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, Cassie, have a great week. You too, Orla. We'll be back next week because you produce the show. So you're here every week. Um, but you guys just won't get to hear her opinions. <laughs> Probably for the best. Next you know week she's silenced. <laughs> well, there's the police coming to get me. Um, have a great week. When you hear this, it'll be Tuesday. Obviously, it's Sunday now. So for anyone who's already over Monday, it's one day down, guys. One day down. You're nearly there. Cassie, thank you so much. We'll be back next week with all the latest gossip. Talk to you then. Bye. Thank you so much to my guest, Cassie Delaney, for joining me this week on the podcast. And thank you to you guys for tuning in each and every week. Please do continue to show us the love over on Instagram and TikTok at don'tquoteme.podcast. And you can find us on all of your favorite podcast apps so you can listen whenever and wherever you like. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode, That Maps Bride that we promised, and all of the latest news. We'll talk to you then.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.